LifeSpring number 160, A Very Special Touch. Hello. What's up? Been wet around here. But the rain is finally going away. We have needed rain in California, and uh, I heard the weather guy say this morning that we have already, in the month of uh, January here, received more rain than we received all last year here in Southern California. So it's been dry, but uh, we needed the rain, but I'm glad that it's going away too, because since the lovely lady and I work outdoors, we don't make any money at all when it rains. So uh, anyway, it's good to have it, but it's good to have it leave too. <laughs> Hey, you know, I recently looked at the log files for the show, and I see that there's a lot of Zoom listeners, and so welcome. I'm really glad that you're here, Zoom listeners. You know, I've got another uh, really good conversation to share with you today. I think that uh, I said recently that we don't do many interviews on the show here, and now here's another one, but uh, that's the way it goes. Go figure. Let me know how how you're enjoying these, would you? Uh, do you find them inspiring? Do they challenge you? Do, <laughs> do they annoy you? <laughs> Let me know. What do you think? If you really like them, I'll work on getting more. If you hate them, well, then I'll do less. This is a family after all, and it's not just all about me. It's about you as well. So let me know what you think. Uh, email is steve.lifespring at gmail.com. And the telephone line, the comment line, the toll-free comment line is 877-433-9091. So the show today is uh, going to be a conversation. It's an interview, and um, it's a little bit lengthy, and so we're not going to have any music today, but it's great. I think you're going to find yourself, um, well, just challenged. We recently had the marvelous opportunity to have Mr. Carl Hespe of Special Touch Ministry speak at my church. Um, The Special Touch is a ministry that is focused on reaching disabled people with the message of hope, love, and good news. Um, They're all about introducing Jesus to an entire group of people who the church spends very little effort or time on, if any at all. When I heard Carl's story, I knew that I just had to have him on the show here to share with you the same message he brought to the LifeSpring Church in Riverside, California. I think you'll find him fascinating, and I think you're about to have your eyes opened to a new way of thinking about the disabled. So let's, uh, let's get started. So today I have with me Carl Hespe, who is with a ministry called Special Touch. Welcome, Carl. Hi. Nice to be here. Good to have you with us. Thank you. So you were at my church this last Sunday, and uh, you had some great, very interesting things to say. And uh, I was so moved by what you said that I just really had to get this interview. So tell me what it is that Special Touch Ministry is. Special Touch Ministry is a national ministry to people with disabilities. We've been around 25, 26 years. Uh, Our purpose statement is special touch ministry is uh, a ministry that provides lots of opportunities for people with disabilities to experience God, to be included in the church, 
and build caring, meaningful relationships with other believers like you and me. Okay. Uh, is there any kind of limitation on the disabilities that you work with? I mean, are we talking about physical disabilities? Are we talking about mental disabilities? Yes, both. Okay. There are there are real there are really no disabilities that we haven't seen in our summer getaway program. We have um, both physical and mental disabilities, cognitive disabilities at the camp. Okay, and um, the the programming is designed so that each group has a track that they follow. Okay. Because we recognize that people with disabilities uh, have have needs, have have unique needs. You know, a person that has a cognitive disability learns differently than a person with a physical disability. Sure. You might be dealing with a, a person with a cognitive disability that's 40 years old, but has a cognitive ability level of a 10-year-old. Someone who's 40 years old and is physically disabled... <laughs> many times as much smarter than I am. <laughs> and, um, you know, so you can't just lump them all together right? and say, well, you're disabled, so we're going to put you in one group. Uh-huh. And what I like to tell people is, in, in even in our churches, what we do in our churches, we don't lump everyone together in the same Sunday school class because you're a Christian. We separate them out. Right. You know, we put the kids with the kids. We put the teenagers with the teenagers. And some of us say, thank God, they're with the teenagers because... <laughs> I'm not ready to go there. Uh-huh. And and so that's what we try to do. And our goal and our passion is to include them. I think, I obviously, I mentioned Sunday. There is an estimated 58 to 60 million people in America alone that are disabled. Mm. That is an estimate of about disabilities probably affects one in five families. And of that one in five, 80% are unchurched. That's a 80%. 80%. That's a huge, it's a huge number. Yes, it is. It's absolutely incredible. And by and large, most churches have not done, I guess, a significant job in bringing them in. As a matter of fact, you shared something with me that, it, well, not with me, but with the church that blew me away in terms of how some churches receive the, the disabled, or I should say don't receive the disabled. Sure. I couldn't believe it. Tell me the story. We had an email in the office, and um, there was a lady who um, had emailed our office and was inquiring of us of if we knew of any churches in her particular area of the country that welcomed the handicapped. She had an 11-year-old Down syndrome daughter, and they were asked to leave, not just one church, but several churches. Hmm. And um, you know, the sad. She said, "The sad thing is, is that it seems as though not only does society not want people with disabilities, but the church doesn't as well." So she was asking us if we knew of churches that welcome the handicapped. Right. And you know, people shake their heads and go, "Oh my gosh, that that can't be happening in our churches." But if you look at the statistics, just the sh- the simple statistic that I shared right away, right, it, it's happening right. all over the country. And um, there's a lot of different reasons. You know, people are afraid. They're, they're not sure. Um, you know, it, it, it begs the question of, does God really care? Um, does God bring healing? Does, does someone have enough faith? If they just had enough faith or they prayed hard enough. Right. And one of the things that we talk about in the ministry is we challenge people to think about when Jesus talked to um, different groups of people, he said, which, which, has, which does it take more faith to, to say? You know, your sins are forgiven or take up your pallet and walk. Mm-hmm. 
It takes more faith to believe your sins are forgiven than it does to... So it is not a faith issue. Right. It's not an issue of you don't have enough faith, because if you believe you were saved, that takes a whole lot more faith than... Because you can't see that. Yes. So I feel like what God has called me to do in, in when I go out into churches is just to raise their awareness and get them to... Th- get people and I I do it to myself every Sunday I go out I keep challenging myself to realize that when I say God is no respecter of persons not it cannot be just words it has to be something I really believe and um and that's that's it you know getting people to understand that we say God is no respecter of persons and that God loves everybody and we're supposed to love everybody but do we really do that? Mm-hmm. And um, the people group that we represent are oftentimes forgotten. They don't. I didn't. Sh- I don't know if I shared this in church or not. But families that have disabled children, the divorce rate in those families is ninety percent. Mm. I can't even imagine that. What is it that causes that huge spike? Well, I think part of it has to do with guilt. You know, people people are, are guilty. I did something wrong, mm. and they just don't know how to handle it. Um, they're not sure what to do with their disabled child. Disabilities knows no boundary. You know, it isn't just a, a, diso- a disorder that that affects um, Catholics or Assembly of God people. It, it affects everyone. Sure, it doesn't affect just whites. It affects African Americans. It affects Asians. It it affects all economic levels. Everyone. Everybody. Yeah, everyone. Sure. And. Um, I was at a World Mission Symposium in Louisville, Kentucky, and the Assemblies of God had brought in all of their, as many foreign missionaries that were on furlough and were off the field, and they brought all of these mission groups in and mission people to talk to college exiting seniors or seniors that were getting ready to exit in the fall, and they were challenging them to give a year of their life to missions. And as as I sat in that service and I looked around and I realized, and God began to speak to my heart, and he said, you know, Carl, this is a wonderful thing, but he said, they're missing one thing. He said, he, they're missing the disabled, because every one of those people groups, disability cuts across every single line. But if you minister, you know, if you go as, and that does, that's not to downplay other missionaries and things like that, but a if you go in as a missionary to Uganda, mm-hmm. you have to learn their language, you have to learn their culture, you have to learn all of that stuff. Chances are when you come back from the field, you're not going to experience a lot of Ugandans in Riverside, California. Right. You might have a few here and there, but I can promise you one thing, Steve, that there are disabled people here. Like I said, it cuts across every line, and and God began to impress it upon my heart to to just realize that... We have a tremendous job to do. Um, it's incredible uh, what we have seen happen and where we n- know we need to go. The lady we talked about earlier, she's not the only one that has contacted our office. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we get those those emails in our office on a regular basis. Right. You know, uh, um, we're excited about the direction that God's taking us, and there isn't really a, a topic in disabilities that we haven't addressed. We may not have the program in place yet, but we know that it's out there. And one of our greatest challenges is what any ministry is challenged with, resources and people. And what's encouraging to me is I was a public school teacher for 11 years, and I didn't. this is not what I had dreamed of doing 
for my life. Right. Um, and to watch how God orchestrated and began to put the pieces together. And then when I sat down and finally answered the call to come to Special Touch and, and listen to the director share his story, um, Charlie and Debbie Chivers were itinerant evangelists in Wisconsin in the 19, late 1970s, early 1980s. And they had a friend um, that Charlie, when he was in school, had led to the Lord. And he was um, severely disabled. And he was going back to Charlie's hometown, and uh, he was actually going to going home to commit suicide. And Charlie led him to the Lord. And in turn, he started a ministry to people with disabilities. And he invited Charlie and Debbie to come and do the music at this camp. And one year after this camp, they were on their way home, and God began to speak to both Charlie and Debbie separately but about the same thing Mm -hmm. and they got back to wisconsin and charlie looked at debbie and debbie looked at charlie and charlie said i gotta tell you something god's been and she said i gotta tell you something and it was the exact same thing (laughs) i want you to start a camp for people with disabilities right here in wisconsin how wonderful and that was in 1982 and charlie recounts the story numbers of time and said you know god i can't do this there is absolutely no way, God, I can't do that. I can't do this. I don't know anything about disabilities. Disabilities hasn't affected my family. I don't have nothing. And God spoke to his heart and said, I know you can't, Charlie, but I can. Mm. And if you're faithful to do what I've called you to do, I will send the people. And that was in 1982, and it was only Charlie and Debbie at the time. Mm-hmm. And we are now in 15 different states across the nation. We have one, two, three full-time missionaries um, three or four other couples that are, are national representatives that don't have U.S. missions appointment but work full-time in the office. So, And God is continually sending more people to get the job done. Mm. Um, we just had a gentleman that has been part of our ministry in the summers. His wife is the WM's director in, in um, Arkansas. And he, had, he was a pastor, and he resigned his pastor to support his wife. And God began to deal with him about doing ministry. And we are in the initial stages of developing what he has termed stream hmm. ministry. And it is a special touch emergency response missions. And what he is doing is he's going to start developing teams of people that will go into areas where, let's say, you and your wife were driving and you had an automobile accident and your wife became a quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. That is a, a life-altering situation. Sure, You're not going to know how to handle that. Right. What we're hoping to develop is to have that network of people in place that we could send from our office to that place to help them through the grieving process, have people that have suffered the same experience come in and say, hey, you know what, Steve, there's life after disabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, there you can function. You can become a effective part of society and reacclimate them to their new life mm-hmm. with disabilities. Wow. And that's just one small thing that we're, that it, it's a huge endeavor. Right. Um, but it's just something that God has recently birthed in the heart of someone else besides this is all and what's exciting about it is when you talk with charlie about this these are all things that god has spoken to him and as the people come he's going i knew this was going to happen <laughs> you know so it's a, it's wonderful. a it's a great great thing that is great so now one thing that you you started with sunday was something that i think is is really important to communicate and that is the needs that disabled have let's do that okay 
Well, I tell people all the time I was a public school teacher. So one of the things I always loved to do as a public school teacher was to give pop quizzes. And I want to share eight statements that people with disabilities need to understand. And for your listeners, they might be saying, well, you're here telling us what we need to understand. Well, I, I am, but stay with me. The first thing a person with a disability needs to understand is that God loves them. There's no mistake about it that God loves them just the way they are. Number two, they are not an accident. They are not a mistake. And their disability didn't catch God by surprise. Mm-hmm. God didn't wake up one day and say, oh, my goodness, what did I do? <laughs> I, I, I made a mistake. And, you know, we think about that. And, again, we say that God's in control. Mm-hmm. He is in control. That's right. God doesn't have to answer to us for anything. He creates things the way he wants them and the way he needs them. The third thing that people with disabilities need to understand, and this is probably the most important thing they need to understand, is they have a, they have a problem. Their problem isn't their disability. Their problem is sin. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing they need to understand is that they need to be empowered daily by the Holy Spirit. And that empowerment can help them overcome any circumstance they find themselves in by the grace of God. And I've come to embrace the definition of God's grace to be this. It's the empowering presence of God that enables you to be who God created you to be and do what God created you to do. And that is that is so that has been so life changing for me because it's helped me understand that and it's helped me look at the struggles I've had in life have more times than not been struggles to become something that God hasn't wanted me to become in the first place. Mm-hmm. Whether it's being the, the husband, the father, the the, the teacher, the, the uncle, the child, whatever it is. If I truly embrace who God's created me to be, I'll be everything my students needed, right. everything my wife needs, and everything down the line. The fifth thing they need to understand that they are more than the sum of their limitations. A person with a disability is more than someone in a wheelchair. God has a plan for them. And here's one of those scriptures that we all know. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Because or, it doesn't, Scripture doesn't say, I know the plans I have for all of you that are cognitively at an age-appropriate level <laughs> and right. walk without the aid of a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It says, I know the plans I have for you, period. And you means just that, everybody. The sixth thing they need to understand is that they are a blessing to the body, and they have a responsibility to utilize what God has given them. I tell people all the time that Billy Graham is no more special to God than you are. Just because, And Billy Graham has led thousands, countless hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord. Yes. But it, he isn't any more special to God than you are. That's right. And people with disabilities need to hear that. Because all they've ever heard their entire life is you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not able to right. do that. And that's not what God's Word says. And that's, that's right. not what most of us Christians espound to, but what we say and what we do are oftentimes two different things. Yes. The seventh thing they need to understand is that the hope of their healing is, is in a divine appointment with a divine physician. doesn't matter how often you get prayed for. It isn't an issue of faith. It's an issue of meeting with a divine physician. Mm-hmm. We can anoint people with oil. We can shake oil, holy water on them. We can do all of that kind of stuff. But if they don't meet the divine physician, 
it, they're not going to get healed. And what drove that point home for me is my friend Rick um, told me one day through his um, soundboard, he looked at me and he said, you know that I'm healed. He didn't say it with audible words. He pointed to the words on his paper. And I looked at him and I said, are you crazy? What do you mean you're healed? He said, healing is an issue of the heart. The moment I accepted Jesus, I was healed Mm -hmm. because God promises every believer a new body. It just hasn't manifested itself yet. And I pray for it on a regular basis, but I'm okay. He said, I would rather spend the rest of my life on this earth in a wheelchair, unable to speak clearly for you to understand, than get up out of this chair and walk and die and go to hell. And that's the bottom line. And the last thing they need to be Before you go, go sure. on, I, I want to be sure that we get this very clear to people. We're not saying that a disab- disabled person, when they become a believer, is going to have their, their body healed now. But we're talking about the fact that he promises a healing, and it's a spiritual healing. They are going to get a new body when we're resurrected. But we don't, we're not saying that if you get saved you're all of a sudden not going to be disabled anymore in the way that, that we're talking about a disablement. Absolutely. Yeah. And so but I want to be clear about that. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean he can't either. Oh, absolutely you not. Know, so yes. it, it, it's, all, it's all the same. I completely agree. And, and you're right. You know, I'm not just saying believe in Jesus and you'll get up out of your chair and walk. Right. I, I, I'm just, because that's, that's only for God to say. That's got, yes. And, and so, but the purpose of what we are about as a ministry as I said from our purpose statement, is for people to experience God. And when they experience God, that's the ultimate healing because we are all promised an eternal destiny. Where do you want to be? Is it in heaven or is it in hell? And that's it. And the last thing that people with disabilities need to understand is that they will not and should not be restricted from fellowship in the body of Christ. In the body. Right. Not just in the church building, but in the body of Christ. You know, I've come across churches that say, oh yeah, we we bring in a whole busload of, of disabled people. You have a glorified bus ministry. You don't have a ministry to people with disabilities. Are they being included? Are you having them be part of the church? Now, of those eight statements, Steve, which one of them applies only to people with disabilities? None of them. None of them. And who do they apply to? Everybody. They apply to everybody. Everybody. Why do I approach it like that? Is because I want people to understand that people with disabilities are just that. They're people like you and me. Their needs are different. doesn't mean they're more difficult. It just means they're different. Mm-hmm. We've even gone as far as talking about people with dif- disabilities as people that are differently abled instead of people with disabilities. Okay. The stories are endless of the ministries that people with disabilities have. I was traveling in Kentucky a number of years ago, and um, my van broke down, and I was late getting into my hotel, and I went up to the counter, and I was talking with the receptionist and telling her who I was and what I was doing. And there was a lady behind me that tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me. She said, what ministry are you a part of? And I said, oh, I'm with Special Touch Ministry. And she went, oh, I know all about Special Touch Ministry. Violet's been to camp a whole number of times. Oh. And I looked over at Violet, and her face registered, but I didn't connect where she was because we were in Kentucky. Okay. They were also traveling. Violet went to our New York getaway every year. And um, she said, oh, yeah. She said, can I tell you about Violet? I said, sure. I Tell me. Well, Violet was her sister or her, yeah, I think it was her sister. And Violet's sister and her husband were pastors 
in several different districts, and they had custody of Violet. And Violet's ministry was writing scripture Hmm. every single day of her life. She wrote scripture. If she didn't, her sister said she would cry, and she would just be devastated that she didn't get to write scripture. And they would take her with the district councils and different pastoring events. And what Violet did as she sat there at those events, she would hand scripture out to people. And her sister said, "You, I can't begin to tell you the number of people that wrote us back and said that was the scripture I needed for that day. Is that right? Now, <laughs> Praise God. So, so tell me, people with disabilities do not have a place yeah. in the body of Christ. So it's exciting. And I think it's so important to, to point that out to people that disabled people have the exact same needs. And that's why special touch is so important because it gets people to understand that special needs people have the same basic needs as we all do, and they're not being included. Well, that's that's right, Steve. Um, the way this ministry started was a week-long Christian camping experience for people with disabilities. Okay. But when you look at it, disabilities is not just something that they experience for four and a half days mm. in the summer. It's 24-7, 365. You know, so for many of the guests in, in the video that I showed, Many times, that's the only Jesus that many of our guests have their entire life because they're coming from group home situations or they're coming from homes where their parents aren't believers, but their parents need a vacation. Mm. They've trusted us. They, we've built a reputation now that they know they can send Johnny or Sarah or Susie or Billy or Joey to camp for a week and get good care. Mm. And by getting good care, they also get a break. They mm. get a vacation. So we know that the getaway program is our evangelistic arm. It's our arm to reach those that don't know Jesus. But what do we do with them after that? So we have several other programs that are not as, um, I don't want to say successful, but not as as strong yet. Um, We have a chapter program that is is a program that meets in communities and in churches sometimes that provides support and assistance the other 50 one weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, we encourage them to meet on a monthly basis and be a point of contact in a community mm-hmm. so that a church or, or a, a, a family can say, you know what, we need to go shopping. I, I can't begin to tell you, Steve, the number of people that have not gone shopping or had a night out because there isn't anyone there to take care of their adult child with a disability. I can no believe one's, that. No one's there. Right. And where's the church? The church should be you should be there saying, "Hey, we'll help." Right. I don't know how to do this. It's scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, it really is. Mm. You know, and I hear it all the time. Well, working with people with disabilities, you have to have a special heart. No, you don't. You just have to have a heart, a willing heart, a willing heart. Yeah. You know, they say, "Well, people with disabilities are so difficult to deal with." Oh, really? I, name me one person that you've dealt with in your life that has never been at one point or another. Difficult doesn't have to be a a huge difficulty, but people are difficult to deal with. It isn't because of their disability. It's just because they're people. And that doesn't make them right or wrong. It Uh just means that people are difficult to deal with. And it just so happens that people with disabilities, sometimes we need training in order to deal with their difficulties. Absolutely. But if it's just for um, giving somebody a break for a night out, that kind of a training isn't that difficult in most cases. Well. I ask people a lot, which is, which is really more difficult to deal with? Someone who has a physical disability that's maybe um, confined to a wheelchair right. or someone who has emotional disabilities that they can lock away and you, you may never know they exist. Mm-hmm. You know, the emotional baggage 
to me is far more difficult to deal with than someone's physical disabilities right. because you can you can see that but we think because it's a physically hard to deal with i don't want to deal with that if we don't do it who will exactly so tell me what a typical week is like at the camp um is there a typical week what what kind of things do you do you go through well, let me tell you what a typical day would be like. That'd okay. probably be easier. All right. um, a typical day, uh, we divide our camp into two groups, physically disabled and cognitively disabled. And we have a coordinator that works very diligently all the other days of the year getting ready for camp. They organize their speakers, their craft people, the, all of the stuff that need they need to do to bring about the camp. And then they have leaders. We call them team leaders. And the team leaders are responsible for the caregivers. The caregivers are the people who take care of the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, caregivers can have anywhere from one to four guests, depending upon the disability. Mm-hmm. If it's a person who has a, a physical disability and has, requires a lot of care, which usually it's a one-on-one. Um, if it's someone who has um, high-functioning adults that live on their own, but they have a cognitive disability diagnosed, um, they may get three or four people. Mm -hmm. So they kind of act like a mama, mother hen or a father, you know, and and says, okay, guys, it's time to go. It's breakfast time. So after we pair them off and and get them in their rooms and they're, they're there 24 seven from Monday afternoon until Friday afternoon. Okay. So they provide the cares and take care of them and take them to events. Um, during the day, in the mornings, there's usually the only time the groups are together is at meal times and at evening chapel services. During the day, there'll be three chapels going on in the morning: one for physically disabled, one for high functioning cognitively disabled, and one for low functioning cognitively disabled. Mm-hmm. We'll have recreation times in the morning briefly. Then we eat lunch, and then there's a, a large block of time where we have um, open recreation time and organized recreation time, and that varies depending upon what amenities are available at the campgrounds. Uh-huh. In Wisconsin, we take them inner tube right down the river. Uh-huh. And you want to see, it is an absolute blast <laughs> to see someone who has never been out of his wheelchair other than to go to the bathroom or go to bed. Right. We pick them up, put them in, a, in an inner tube that has a wooden bottom, uh-huh. and we send them floating down the river. And <laughs> it is a blast. I'll bet. <laughs> we'll take them swimming. Some of our camps uh, provide horseback riding. Um, we have a, a, a real good friend of our ministry who runs an organization, is part of an organization called Horses with Heart. There, It's a therapeutic riding, and it's not just put them on the horse and walk beside them. She trains them on how to handle horses and uses the horse to friend, befriend them, and, and it's just a real neat thing. Um, we've done airplane rides, um, balloon rides, just whatever kinds of things that you would typically do at a maybe at a youth camp. Um, we have been in facilities where they've had climbing walls, okay. and we've had caregivers strap themselves to their guests with a belayer and they go up the wall. Oh, cool. And so um, we want them to have the best week of their life. Um, and then after that, uh, we have dinner, and then it's time for evening chapel. And um, we have a full production, um, lights and sound and videos, big video screens. And uh, we believe that we want to provide them with the best. Um, and we're working towards constantly improving that providing them with um, the best possible music w- that's afforded to us right now. And we want to constantly um, stay on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think you and I were talking about that. We live in a media age. Yep. And uh, we need to utilize that. It's not God gave people the ingenuity to think of how to create, be creative. And I look at it, that's one of God's greatest gifts that the the world has stolen from the church, Mm. Um, the gift of creativity. And um, some people think that we don't need all of that glitz and glamour because after all, it's, you know, God's not about that, but it grabs people's attention. Of course. And God wants us to use whatever we can to reach whoever we can. That's exactly right. As we do that. So we have seen hundreds of people saved, um, watching them come in and seeing, you know, we have the, the sanctuary is dimmed with stage lighting and preparation for the worship service. And then the room goes black and the screens come up with our big theme video and their eyes are just fixated on the <laughs> screen. And it's like, wow. These people really care about us. Uh, they're 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 sparing nothing. They're uh, giving us the best they have. Right. Wow, we feel, and it, it it's unbelievable. You know, the message of Jesus doesn't change. Right. Our methods need to. Of course. And um, if we think that people with disabilities aren't going to be drawn to that kind of thing, we better think again, because they'll go looking for that kind of thing. And um, they'll get it in the world. So we want to we provide that for them. Um, I'm excited about challenging teenagers to get involved because some of our leadership is approaching middle age. Mm-hmm. And if we want this ministry to carry on till Jesus comes, we need to breathe it into the lives and hearts of younger people. So we have a CIT program that encourages kids 14 to 18 to come on a mission trip. What is CIT? Caregiver and training. Okay. And they partner with a full-fledged caregiver. The CITs are the only uh, caregivers that are required to pay a, a fee to come. The guests pay. Our caregivers, we feel as if they're giving a week of their time or two weeks of their time, we have people that give 10 weeks wow. in the summer. That's really? what they do the whole summer. They travel from getaway to getaway to getaway. Wow. Um, we don't charge them, but mm-hmm. we want teenagers between 14 and 18 to see it as a mission trip. You have to raise your money. And it's it's a nominal fee. It's not the full cost, but enough to show their interest. Mm-hmm. And guests are drawn to them like magnets because for many of them, especially um, the cognitively disabled, they are so ostracized by their peers in school. They're the last ones picked for events. Sure. Oh, you mean I got to have him on my team? Right. And and when they come to camp and see these the in crowd catering to them, they are it's unbelievable mm-hmm. because it's like, wow, we're part of the in group yeah, now yeah. and it's just. And they've never experienced that most of no, them. No. Right. Never. Right. So that's exciting. Yeah, no kidding. So that's great. So Typically, then, what is it? What does it cost for a guest? It ranges again, depending upon what the campgrounds okay. will charge us. But typically, I think our lowest camp is right around four hundred dollars for a week, uh-huh. and it goes up to about five, five and a quarter. And that includes everything. They, they get everything. Right. I mean, it's three meals a day, recreation, um, devotionals. We we give every one of them get a devotions for every day, recreation time. Um, lodging for right. a whole week mm-hmm. and anything else that they need you know so it's very very reasonable yeah. i know some people say gosh 400 dollars for a week plan a vacation for no 
a couple of people, just two people for yeah, a week. Right. You ain't going anywhere for forty dollars That's exactly right. But then there are those um, that say, golly, this is ministry. You should be giving it away. But you guys have costs. You have to rent the facility. Is that not right? Absolutely. Sure. You know, um, and the other part of it, Steve, is many times many of these people that are disabled have access to to government funds, mm. whether it's through Social Security or disability insurance. And our programming is all um, qualifies. There is some scholarshiping available mm-hmm. for us, and it's usually on a first-come, first-served basis. Okay. So there are ways. We encourage them to utilize their funds because oftentimes what happens, if, if they don't use their monies that is allocated for recreation or for retreat kind of things or something like that that stuff just gets sucked up into the system right. and never gets used right. but you you are right we are charged it would be wonderful that if the campground said nope here you're doing the camp for people with disabilities don't worry about a thing right we'll cover it all but they don't do that sure well they're in business as well exactly i mean everybody has to eat that's everybody exactly has right. the overhead it yeah. has to happen that's exactly that's the right. way the ball rolls that's exactly right so is there anything that the people listening can do to help or to get involved? Oh, wow. If they want to get involved at the getaway level, volunteer a week of their time to be a caregiver, to come and take care of one, two, three, four guests for a week. They're not restricted to going to a camp just in their state. They can go to whatever one they want. The only responsibility is they have to get there. So well, if you want to take a mission trip, if you know, and, and here's what I, what I like to tell people. If you're looking for an inexpensive mission trip, this is, this is perfect because all you have to do is get there. And we pay for your meals the whole week. We lodge you. Yeah, it's camp food. Oh, well, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, but if you can get there and you talked about our expenses as a ministry, here's the example I like to give. If you as... A missionary or as a, as a pastor or as a youth director, or whatever, bring four caregivers to camp. That means I can bring as many as four guests, four to 16 guests mm-hmm. who we charge a fee for. Right. That fee, we don't pad it hugely, but we are charged a certain amount for, for the guests. And then there's an additional expense to cover our costs. Sure. So the more guests we bring, Mm-hmm. the more retained income we receive so that we can turn it back into the programs. Right. Because the campgrounds will charge us um, a certain amount per person, not just per guest, per person. So because we as a ministry are absorbing all of our caregivers, mm-hmm. we have to build that on into the cost of the guests. Sure. So the more guests come, the more retained income we have, the more income we have to pour into our programs. Right. So... You asked if what they could do. Right. One, they can begin praying for us as a ministry. We are always looking for volunteers. Every single year we turn guests away because we don't have caregivers. Mm. Begin asking God, God, is this something that I can do? I've, I've been looking for a ministry, Lord. I, I just don't know what it is. Could this be the, the, the place for me to plug into? If it is, show me where you want me to go. Show me how, you, how I can get involved. Uh, we, have, we do provide training. We have a, um, a leadership expose that will be held in Wisconsin in April. Um, we also have a, a training manual. It's just a, it's like a 58-page manual that will tell you everything you need to know about being a caregiver. Mm-hmm. We, give, we, we send that to every, everyone who asks for it. Mm-hmm. And it tells you how to transfer someone, what to do when this happens, or what to do, who to add. It lays it all out. It makes it very clear. And the other thing is begin, I guess 
as you look at the people around you, or as you drive around town or go to the grocery store, open your eyes and see the people with disabilities because they're there. You know, they're, they're, they're greeters at Walmart. They're ramps to houses. You wonder what that ramp is for. And, and just begin to ask God, what can I do, God, to change the face of disability ministry? And, mm-hmm. and as God begins to speak to your heart, like I told you earlier, I, this is not what I planned on doing with my life. Right. But through the circumstances in my life, it was a four-year journey for me. From the first time, even a little bit longer than that, but from the first time I, I heard about Special Touch, I, had, I was going to a little a small home missions church in Wisconsin, and there was a Special Touch chapter that met there. And the ladies came up to me and asked, so Carl, you're a teacher, you have your summers off. How, how about coming to camp and being a caregiver? <laughs> it's exact, I laughed. Uh-huh. I said, you know, ladies, this is a great ministry. It's wonderful. God bless you. you have, you're such a special group of people. But it's just not a fit for me. Uh-huh. But you know what? I'll tell you, I'll pray about it. And they left me alone. And two things happened. That same year, I had a full-fledged quad in my class. And God began to work on my heart. And the next March, they came back and said, So what God, what's God been saying to you? Now, I, I, I don't know how you are, but I know... Many times in my life, when someone asks me to do something mm-hmm. as a Christian, I'll say I pray, I'll pray about it, because that's a very easy way of saying no. Right. And they, they asked me. I couldn't lie again, because I knew they were praying, and I knew God wanted me to pray. And from that point in time, God began to put things in place and began to order things in my life where it became abundantly clear that I was no longer to be a public school teacher, uh-huh. that God had a different plan in mind. And um, the rest is, as they say, history. So, All right. What's the URL for Special Touch? It's www.specialtouch.org. Okay. And I'll put that on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com that you're used to going to. Anything else that you, you want to leave our listeners with? I believe with all my heart that this is a last day's ministry. I believe that as you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time and if you've been around church, this is one ministry that really has never been addressed. You know, we've redone Sunday schools. We've redone how we've approached service, right. you know, for those of us that have been Christians a long time, uh, especially in Pentecostal circles, we've always done Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, you know, and if you look at that, the face of that is changing. We've redone some of our youth ministries and our children's ministries and every other ministry under the sun. We've reinvented worship how many different times. Right. But the one area that we've never even addressed successfully has been ministry to people with disabilities. And um, they're out there. The reason people with disabilities don't come is because they don't feel welcomed. Right. Because why should they go to church and feel nothing? Because people don't include them or worse yet being rejected asked to leave that's the one i just can't even fathom i yeah so yeah it uh, just blows me away yeah carl thank you so much for being with us today god bless you brother it's it's an important ministry you're doing thank you and i believe in it and uh guys if you're listening and uh and god is beginning to touch your heart listen and uh, do pray about it yes and uh, we have um you have these camps all around the country. You said fifteen yep. different states. And if you go to if you go to the website, you will. It's all there. It's, yeah, the uh, links are all there. It'll show you the different states that we're in, and we're right now we're in fifteen. And if you do the simple math, 
There's 48 continental United States in the United States, plus two that are quite a ways away. Yep. But 15 from 50, we've got a lot of work to do. So there you go, guys. Uh, this is another uh, call to action. I, we seem to be doing this a lot lately, and uh, that's good. I think the LifeSpring family is one that is, is full of uh, good people, and there's a lot of love here. And uh, this is a group of people that, as Carl said, have not been ministered to. And uh, they're in great need, just as each one of us is. We all need God. We all need his grace. We all need his forgiveness. And the dis- disabled are, are no different. Like Carl said, they are not an accident. Yes. God made him that way. And uh, so we need to minister there too as well. So Carl, God bless you. Thank you very much, Steve. All God right. bless you. I've got a video that Carl gave me to share with you. Um, It'll be over at lifespring.tv in the next day or two. Uh, There'll be a flash file that you can watch right on your computer, or I'll have a couple of different versions that you can download and transfer to your iPod or your iPhone or your Zune or something like that. Go watch it. Um, You'll really be amazed at what you see, I think. If you're subscribed to lifespring.tv, then you'll be getting it um, just automatically, as you know. Next week, I'll be answering some Ask Steve questions. So if you have a question for me about Jesus, Christianity, religion in general, life, my favorite recipes, whatever, whatever you want to ask, uh, use the contact information I gave you at the top of the show. Until then, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate you. And I'm Steve Webb. See you next time. LifeSpring Media bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com.